for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is the update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Bonte Hill, 95.7 The Game morning host, as well as pre- and post-game Warriors host on NBC Sports Bay Area about where the Warriors have been, where they're going, and where they are right now. Of course, locking up an opportunity to play the Lakers in a play-in game on Wednesday night. All things we can talk about with Bonte Hill, who joins me next. Today is Wednesday, May 19th. My pleasure to welcome to the Update Podcast, Bonte Hill. Of course, you hear him in the morning on 95.7 The Game and before and after every Warriors game on NBC Sports Bay Area. Bonte, I'm going to open it up by saying what's up, and then I want you to pick the bigger basketball performance from last weekend. Was it Steph Curry's 46 points on 22 three-point attempts, getting the Warriors into the postseason, or was it Jay Cole making his debut out in Rwanda playing for the Patriots <laughs> Basketball Club? Which one was a bigger performance for you? Well, i got to say, uh, Jay Cole down there in Africa, doing this thing with a Kendrick Perkins like stat line right three points what was it? three points three rebounds two assists and the dreads are looking good although he probably needs to get it redone it was a little frizzy there but you know the conditioning of J. Cole had me really concerned there Copes like he was getting up and down I saw him throwing entry pass into the post like five feet over the post player's head so I'm going to side with Steph Curry, just ever so slightly side with Steph Curry in his 46 against the Grizz. Yeah, J. Cole looked a little winded, man, but uh, but big week for him after coming out with offseason last week and then getting in-season on Sunday night. That was kind of fun, man. So, <laughs> uh, hey, it's been, it's been kind of a, a funky Warrior season. I, I feel like they've kind of ended exactly where we thought they'd end, or sort of in that window, despite the ever-changing roster throughout the year. So for you, are they where you expected them to be? Did they overachieve? Did they underachieve? Where are you with the Warriors now that they're headed into this playing game? You know, before the season, Colts, I thought maybe six, seven seed. And I was even without Clay Thompson, knowing that he the tore his Achilles on draft day and getting James Wiseman into the fold as a 19, 20-year-old. I thought, okay, maybe a six or seven seed. And then the season started, right? And it's up and down. How many times did we talk about, well, is this the first three-game winning streak for the Golden State Warriors? Are you going to win three in a row? And how long did it take them to win three in a row? And how long did we hear Steve Kerr say, I feel like we're going to go on a run here. I feel like the run's coming. Well, the run didn't come to like game 66. You know what I'm saying? So despite the roller coaster of the season before the year, I thought six or seven. But once we got to the meat of it, it's like, man, Wiseman's out. You're starting Looney, playing up 30 minutes a game. Is Andrew Wiggins really going to step up and perform and, and deliver a career high in field goal percentage and three-point percentage, which he did, which is a shock to a lot of people. Kelly Oubre Jr. is out now. Jordan Poole, did you think that Jordan Poole would look like a legit NBA player after coming from the G League? So, you know, it's been a roller coaster of a season that swayed the opinions on a week-by-week basis, man. It's been fun, no doubt about it, but the way they ended the season, the way it played out, I don't think anybody could have predicted this, Copes. It had that sort of drastic NFL feel, right, where every single game they played, it seemed like it changed your opinion of, of what the roster should be. And a lot of that had to do with the supporting cast, and you mentioned a bunch of them there. And you mentioned Steve Kerr saying, hey, I told you guys we were going to go on this run, and he was sort of poking fun with Monty Poole after the game on Sunday. But let me ask you this. Do you think Steve Kerr is better suited as a – and I don't, I don't want to take anything away from what he's done as a coach, but they really kind of hit their stride when they shrunk down that rotation, right? Steve Kerr made his bones in that first season with the Warriors when he went with that 
death lineup where he put Andre Iguodala on the bench and decided we're going with this eight-man rotation. Really, over the last three weeks, the eight-man rotation is what's got it done. Do you think he's more comfortable with that coaching style, or do you think guys just fell into their roles and, and he was able to find the best out of them? I think it's a little bit of both, right? I mean, JTA, Jordan Poole, Michael Mulder figured out their roles. and Jordan Poole figured out, okay, this is how I can be a productive player. Andrew Wiggins figured out that, hey, played off of Steph Curry by sitting in a corner and cutting. Draymond's going to find me and Steph Curry's going to hit big-time shots. I'll be all right here. Looney knows his role. Bazemore, who, you know, I call it the kid Bazemore experience where one day you may get 15 from him, one day you may get 4,000 four minutes. Who knows <laughs> what you're going to get from kid Bazemore. Yeah. But I think people finally figured out their roles, and Steve Kerr adjusted. He adjusted to his system, and he made some tweaks. No doubt about it, some of the tweaks that he made was playing Steph really off the ball and really putting the ball in Draymond Green's heads to find Steph Curry coming off of those relocates, those down screens and running baseline to baseline or whatnot. But I think it was a little bit of both, and I think Steve Kerr does deserve some credit here for adjusting. He coached 39 wins out of his basketball team, 39 wins while – He's trying to work in a guy who had just played three college games with James Wiseman. He's trying to work in Kelly Oubre Jr., who struggled, obviously, with his read and react system. He's trying to work in Nico Mannion to the world and Eric Paschal. And, you know, once the rotation didn't get shrunk, he said, all right, this is how we're going to do it, and this is how I'm going to divvy up the minutes. So I think it's a little bit of both, Coach, but I do think people need to give Steve Kerr his flowers. I mean, what of a coach would you want right now? Okay, you're not getting Eric Foster in Miami. You're not getting Brad Stevens in Boston, even though I think he may be a little bit on an overrated side. How are people feeling about Nick Nurse now after looking at the Raptors without Kawhi Leonard? Be thankful for what you have. Steve Kerr's a hell of a coach here, a top five coach in the NBA, in my opinion. So I think he did a lot with this roster, and he realized, okay, I got a short rotation, but this is how I can get the maximum out of the rotation. So it's a little bit of both coaches, but I do think Steve Kerr deserves a ton of credit here. I totally agree, and you're talking about the adjustments he made in season. I mean, that's the mark of a, of a good coach. I mean, they have turnover uh, off the bench even. We're talking, they started the year with Brad Wanamaker. You talk about injecting Jordan Poole into this lineup and, and finding success, and as you mentioned, playing Steph off the ball and then just going with, I mean, you've got guys who were here for 10 days at a time, right? Gary Payton's second was just hanging out for for a little bit so quick question just on the bench or on the the roster makeup are they a better team without Kelly Uber Jr. you think that's tough right because I feel like in the playoffs they're going to need his defense he is a dog the way he defend on the ball whether it's point guards like Damian Lillard or Jamal Murray or you know playing off the ball his back cuts his athleticism but it does feel like from afar that there's a different vibe to this team you know like they're having a lot of fun and a lot of joy and you know, to Kelly Oubre's credit, it's tough playing when, one, you're on a contract season. Two, the head coach is openly talking about, yeah, we talked to Kelly Oubre Jr. We were looking to shop him. You know what I'm saying? Three, remember when he comes back from the left wrist sprain and I forgot who asked him. They say, you know, have you had a conversation with Steve Kerr about coming off the bench? And he goes, no, I haven't had any conversations. Where Steve Kerr said there was communication. So there was something there between Steve Kerr and Kelly Oubre Jr. where they weren't on the same page. And you just look at the way they're playing. Like, Jordan Poole, we thought Uber Jr., hey, he could be a great six-man at like $80, $90 million contract. Well, Jordan Poole looks like a cheaper option and a guy who's going to be a lot more consistent. And it's fine with coming off the bench and getting his. So it's tough to say whether or not they're better than him. They could use Kelly Uber Jr. in these games, especially against the Lakers. But it feels like the vibe is just different. It feels like they're having fun. They're moving around. They're not slowing down the game and looking for Uber to go iso ball. It's just a tough scene to see that about Kelly Oubre Jr. It's not his fault, right? 
it's not his fault that he's come into a situation to where, yes, he's looking to get paid. He doesn't know how to adjust to the system right away. People were yelling to bench him. He has a great February, right? We all forgot about him in February. All of a sudden, we're saying, yo, keep Kelly Uber Jr. and trade Andrew Wiggins. That was the tone <laughs> of the fan base, you know, in February. Then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, well, keep him off the bench and start Damian Lee or start Baysmore. So and not only that, Colts, but then, again, dealing with the trade rumors where you had the early, hey, Lonzo Ball for Kelly Uber Jr., where Steve Kerr felt like it was strong enough to where he had to talk to Kelly Oubre Jr. So it's a tough scene for him, but it does feel like they're playing a bit better without him. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. They certainly have found their sweet spot with Adam, and that goes back to what we were talking about, about finding guys comfortable or getting guys into roles in which they're comfortable and putting them in the right situations to find success. In thinking about this Laker game Wednesday, I was watching the uh, the Memphis Warriors game on Sunday with my girlfriend, Sasha, and she's uh, she was asking, like, which is the matchup that's better for the Warriors? Do you want to see them go up against the Lakers or go up against Portland? And I'm like, hey, if they're going to get in as the eighth seed, give us something we haven't seen. Give Steph Curry a chance to go knock out the defending champions or make them go play the winner of that nine. 10 game. So I'm going to ask you here, what do you think about this matchup? What do you think about Steph squaring off with LeBron yet again? And are you of the mindset that I am like, hey man, give them a chance. And if he's not going to win the MVP, go try to knock out the defending champions or take them uh, out of the seventh seed and make them compete for the eighth seed in a winner take all game. I sort of like the notch that could be put in Steph Curry's belt, another feather in his cap, another uh, sort of accolade for him if he's able to do this on Wednesday. What are your thoughts about this game? You know, I agree with all that, Colts. I agree with all that. And from a business standpoint, you know, think about where we work at. <laughs> think about yeah, what we yeah. do in this industry. Business will be booming. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? LeBron James, Anthony Davis, the Laker brand. And we know how many Northern California Laker fans there are. I mean, like, this is an ideal dream matchup for not only us, but for the entire NBA. Now, I would have been fine with Portland. Because, yes, we've seen that story before, but Dane Dollar is must-see TV. CJ McCollum is entertaining, and I just thought it was a better matchup for the Warriors. Now, I know this is just one game, and anything can happen, especially with the way Steph Curry's playing. Can you beat the Lakers going eight deep? Can you match their size and physicality, you know, with Anthony Davis and Gasol and Montrez Harrell? And Drummond is okay, but he's still a big dude who's going to eat up a lot of space in the paint. And, of course, LeBron James who's going to be intercepting passes left or right. It is a tough matchup. Like, matchup-wise, it's not ideal for the Golden State Warriors. But in one game, who the heck knows what could happen? You know, Steph Curry could drop 40. Wiggins could give you another double-double. Draymond could flirt with the triple-double. And you may get some contributions from JTA, Jordan Poole, and Mike Mulder. The one thing we know about the Warriors coach is that they're no punks. They're going to be ready to go. Like, they're not going to cower under the bright lights at Staples Center or get all stage fright in front of the Hollywood stars sitting courtside. They will be ready to go. Now, can they upset the L.A. Lakers? Who the heck knows, man? Who the heck knows? It's going to be tough as hell to do it. They're the defending chaps. They look good right now, but it's just one game. Just one game. And can the Warriors just find lightning in the bottle for one game? We shall see, but it does concern me. I'm not going to lie to you, it does concern me because they've been, what, down 18, 19 in every single game against the Lakers this season. I know they had the one, the one win on MLK Day down there in L.A. where they came back and won by two points, but the other two games weren't even pretty, man. They weren't pretty, and Anthony Davis didn't play in those games. So 
We shall see. One game, Steph Curry, I wouldn't bet against him. How funny is LeBron, too? He, he's maybe better at controlling the narrative or his or his narrative better than anybody. I woke up uh, on Monday morning and everybody following those comments from him on Sunday saying, oh, yeah, Steph's the MVP. And I'm like, is he sort of drawing this up so that he can do the whole, yeah, well, well, we knocked out the MVP on our tough road, or he could do the whole, well, it was the MVP who took us out. This is very LeBron to me to sort of call out Steph, heap some praise on him, but also it's for my own narrative, right? The fact that people are believing what he's saying <laughs> is hilarious. This is all about narrative. A lot of people think I hate LeBron James. I was a big LeBron James fan. You asked your producer, Brian Smith. I walked in with a LeBron jersey when he signed back with the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> all right, LeBron's going back to Cleveland. But then, you know, the Warriors are down and out. It's home team over everything, no doubt about it. But I've followed his entire career. It has become all about narratives. I mean, you don't walk up to a podium after getting swept by the Warriors with the cast in your hand like you had a broken hand or something. You're a, you're a duration of the series. <laughs> Come on, man. Let's stop playing here. He got Draymond kicked out talking about, hell, oh, you say some things on the court. I got a family, man. Woo. And the NBA backs him up and they suspend Draymond Green. We know what happens in 2016. This is all about the narrative. All of it. And then you hear Jared Dudley talk about, you know, if we win a championship, this is going to be the hardest road ever for a champion. We heard that last year in a bubble in front of no fans. All right, this is the hardest championship ever. How? There's no fans at the stadium. You're focused on basketball in Orlando. You're completely healthy when, at the time of the stoppage last year in the NBA, Anthony Davis was dealing with an ankle injury. It's all about narratives when it comes to LeBron James and that Lakers team. I'm not buying it whatsoever. I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. Oh, and by the way, Steph Curry is a free agent at the end of next season, and I know he said he's going to sign back with the Warriors and I don't anticipate him leaving, but LeBron James has already started recruiting. All-Star gave me tweeting about Steph Curry. Wait a minute, what's going on here? Because you know why the Warriors won in LeBron James's mind is not a threat to him winning another championship. He believes he has a superior team. And two, it's a nice little recruiting point. to be like, oh, man, Steph and I, we're cool. How cool would it be to play together? So this whole MVP thing and narrative – He's such a joke when it comes to this stuff, man. Great player. One of the best ever. But the narrative that he is planning and people are buying it, I can't take it, man. Two more days of this stuff? I can't take it, coach. <laughs> you want to talk narrative? We could talk about the story of LeBron James when it's all said and done. You won't be able to tell that story without talking about Steph Curry, man. So here he is trying to, trying to draw it up for himself. But, Bonte, I appreciate the time, man. Should be a really fun one Wednesday night. And then uh, we'll see whether or not the Warriors are playing the number two seed if they're going up to play Phoenix or if it's Utah, depending on what happens after the second game if they go down to the Lakers. So appreciate the time, man. We'll catch up with you later. Yeah, anytime, man. Tell Sasha I said hi. It should be fun whether the Warriors can get to the first round and play Utah or Phoenix. They're going to be a dangerous, dangerous team in that first round. But always good to catch it up with you, Cubs. Keep doing what you do. Fun stuff from Bonte. And, yeah, man, the, the LeBron James comments all about the narrative. Don't forget, after they come back from down 3-1, he told us that's what made me the greatest of all time, that one right there. I was like, really? You, you don't have as many championships as uh, – as Michael Jordan or Kobe, but uh, that made you the greatest, huh? So we'll see if he can continue to uh, to etch his name in history or if Steph Curry just adds another notch to his belt after that game tonight. Thank you to Bonte. Thank you to Brian. Thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is that you're listening to the podcast. By the way, the Beat LA does not end on Wednesday night. The Giants and the Dodgers squaring off for the first time this season. How about this? Late into May, Giants and the Dodgers playing at Oracle Park. They start a three-game series on Friday night. We'll talk about that on Friday to get you set for that weekend series. Until then, enjoy the week. We'll talk to you Friday.